welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. I'm here with my trusty lover, Zach Bird. How's it going, Zach? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How's it feel to live with someone who's alternately screaming or crying? How's that feel for you? Um, I feel better about my life and health. Okay, good. Yeah. No, it sucks, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to do... We're going to do an episode about the thing that I scream and cry about the most uh, mm-hmm. recently, which is endometriosis. Me. Not you, baby. Not I you. Know, I know. But I figured we'd lead in with what I was screaming about before we started recording, which is that our new dog is being a very bad dog. Yeah. He is a handful of poop. He is. This fucking dog we got, we we were so blessed. We adopted a dog who was house trained. He uses a doggy door. What a blessing. Um, until yesterday. Yeah. Until yesterday. So how many weeks have we had the dog? It's We've, been like a month, it's right? It's been around a month, yeah. So we have a month of a house-trained dog, and now this dog is dropping deuces on our rugs. You know what? It might be about a month exactly. And well, at least, so we got him on January 28th. Oh, okay, and it's February twenty uh, fifth. Yeah, so, so but we got him on a Tuesday. So as far as weeks go, yeah, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, this little dog um, has decided that he is no longer house trained, and, uh, and fuck your couch, fuck your rug, fuck yeah. everything, and also he likes to bark outside. Um, so I don't know. I like a part of me is like yeah because he can use the pet door but if i put the blocker on it because i don't want him to go out and bark i'm like oh then he's for sure gonna shit in the house but at this point he's shitting anyway i'm just gonna be like all right you lost backyard privileges because i don't want you i don't know i i've never had like a dog of my own to like train and and deal with all you have so yeah. I've, I've been following your lead yeah i thought we were making really good progress with the boy he Things was an go- angel last week and actually Most- for, the, for like yeah for a couple weeks straight I yeah feel like. and then um he took he took a duke on our rug and uh he did it again today and i don't know i was doing a photo shoot earlier and i, I locked him out of my room and I don't know if it was like a hate shit, like, ooh, how dare you do something? Right. But like, number one, I don't want dogs shitting or pissing in my house. That's like a very uh, strict rule I have because it's fucking gross. Because you know what? I eat food in my house. Yeah. Um, but uh, also when I have company over, you know, shit on my rug in front of guests. Yeah. I just, I've had living situations where I've lived with people whose pets weren't house trained mm-hmm. and it just made me never want to eat at home or cook in the kitchen because I can't, I can't prepare food or eat food when there is a smell, when there's a smell of potty in the house. And the thing, no matter how much you clean your house, if you have a habitual pee pee dog, it, it eats the grout and the tile. It gets in the grout. I've lived with people where, like, you can, the maid just left. Everything's sparkling clean. And you get that. You can still smell. I just can't it's live like that. No, I refuse. Um, yeah, these are things. These are, you know, a few reasons why I didn't want a dog in the first place. And Well, now I don't know. Now do I need to go get the dog? Because I don't know where the fuck he is. He usually pods with us. Oh, that's all right. Let him just go no, shit. Wherever. No, 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 no. You entertain the people. Um. All right. I'm gonna, baby. 
Oh, this is empty. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, she had to have the fucking dog. <laughs> I was like, eh, I don't know. I kind of think we have a good life right now with no drama. And the way I describe having dogs is you, you get a handful of cute and a bucket full of bullshit. <laughs> and it's pretty much... No, I, I love them both, especially Frank. He's he's old, though. He's no problem. But the little guy, I kind of have to watch him nonstop because if you're not paying attention to him, he's barking and just being a piece of shit. Yeah, our son's a piece of shit. He is the cutest motherfucker, though. But Frank sees us paying all this attention to him, and I'm sure he's like, dude, I'm like well-behaved. Well, that, know, that might be how my um, sisters felt about me, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. my mom gave me all the attention. Well, and then that's what makes me go, is Frank doing, like, um, a jealousy shit? Because we haven't seen the dog shit in the house. Yeah. We're making assumptions about Ralphie, but in my single days, if I would have a gentleman caller over and lock Frank out of the room, Frank would always take a, sh- a hate shit by the door. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening in our house. We might have to get cameras just to make sure we know who's the fucking shitter. <laughs> That's on your dime. I understand that yeah. this whole stupid operation is mine. I spent four hundred dollars on vet shit last week. Why not get cameras? Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's just a headache. And then uh, your car took it while well, the clutch went out or something. Yeah, today. yeah. The my I was out on the I was an hour away where I get my hair done. Conveniently for me. Conveniently for Zach, and I was getting my hair done. And right when I pulled into this gated neighborhood, the clutch went out of my car. I couldn't get my car to move, and I was starting to freak out. Like, oh, these rich people are gonna get so mad at me <laughs> that I'm blocking their way mm-hmm. to get into their neighborhood. And I was able to muscle it into gear and get it to the hairdressers. But, yeah, I think the clutch is out. And uh, I had to get my t- car towed uh, from from Mesa, which is, is far from where we live. And Zach had to come get me. I felt really bad. But the tow truck, I could have ridden with a tow truck driver, but he wasn't there yet. And my hairdresser, who works out of her home, she had to leave to pick her kids up from school. And it's it was kind of weird because we're just like sitting and watching Netflix. I'm like, Love it, is Blind. Yeah, th- <laughs> thankfully she's watching Love Is Blind, which Zach was watching. Sydney can't escape this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach's watching it when I come home, and then I have to hang out at my hairdresser's house and watch. But I felt like really bad. Like I'm sure you have a life you want to attend to, but um, yeah. Yeah, for she's me, cool. yeah, she's super cool. She and she gives me such a great discount on my hair that like I just feel bad inconveniencing her in any way. It's just like <laughs> like that I'm like couldn't have happened n- near here. Yeah, it couldn't have happened when I'm at Pilates. Yeah, even. I'm at Pilates down the street. You know, like it just couldn't have happened. The furthest place that I ever go away from home is where it and happened. Phoenix at. traffic now, so I'm like, okay, if I hurry up and pick her up, I can get back. Like rush hour is basically from two thirty <laughs> to like six thirty at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's L.A. We have L.A. traffic here. It's it's pretty bad. It's gnarly. This is going to be a complaining episode. I hope you like negativity. Because we're, we're, that's what, we, that's yeah, what we're, we're dealing with. We're serving it up. Yeah. Um, that's life sometimes. It's just sh- shitty. 
<laughs> I know. So I sometimes I I know I'm supposed to tell young people that it gets better, but it doesn't get better. It gets more difficult. And you just get better at handling it. I thought that was just being gay gets better. <laughs> yeah, it gets better being gay because you can like go around and suck people off. Like, yeah, so that's- just move out of your parents' house and uh, yeah, get on a grinder what no what's pravada truvada whatever the pill you take so you don't get hiv um and then have fun it gets better yeah get out of your shitty um backwoods town that you're in go somewhere where it's more you know progressive and get to sucking and fucking but if you're not gay it doesn't get better (laughs) (laughs) life is a whole you get older and you have health problems it's oh, yeah yeah so yeah we're gonna segue into that because honestly between um illness and then my navigating the insurance company it is becoming increasingly difficult to keep up with this podcast um so and i quit I, mine pretty much so. and zach quit his I d- much. I, it'll be back i know you guys can't wait but uh yeah i just took a a break i don't know when i'll be back he'll be back eventually yeah. he loves to talk um I do. he'll be doing a show about love is blind or <laughs> pretty soon yeah um but um so so basically i, I being being chronically ill is a full-time job and um i i've talked on the show about how i have endometriosis and it's uh pretty bad and um <clears throat> I've had surgery for it before, and uh, I guess I'll just I'll do I'll do a primer on what it is for the listeners for the listeners who care and for me and for Zach <laughs> no um so endometriosis is a disease where a tissue that is similar to the tissue that lines the uterus the endometrium and the endometrium is what is the it's the lining your uterus grows and sheds every month um so. The endometriosis is when a tissue that is similar to that grows outside of the uterus and it attaches itself to the outside of the uterus, the ovaries, the bladder, the bowels, the appendix, um, the diaphragm. People get it in their lungs. People have even gotten it in their brains. And so every it responds to hormones the same way the lining of your uterus does. So every month when your uterus is building a lining on the inside, this uh, endometriosis is building up and then shedding the same way that your period does, except for it doesn't have anywhere to go because it's trapped in your pelvic cavity. And um, they used to believe that it was the same tissue and they thought, oh, maybe it escapes through the fallopian tubes. It like backwashes and that's how this disease occurs. But um, they've found out that uh, pathologically it's not the same tissue. It's similar, but it's not the same, which is disappointing um, because the first time I had surgery for it was in 2017 and my doctor told me, I was interested in getting my tubes tied and the doctor said, well, you know, now we just remove the tubes because we found out that most ovarian cancer starts in the tubes. And if you get your tubes removed instead of tied, you're way less likely to get ovarian cancer, which has killed several of my family members. So I thought, good, take the tubes. And she said, yeah. And also if you don't have fallopian tubes, you're less likely to have reoccurrence of endometriosis because you won't get that backflush. So I thought, oh, goody. 
yay, take my tubes. Let's stop this pathway so the disease yeah. can't spread. Um, but it turns out that that doctor who did my surgery uh, was wrong. Yeah. And uh, that's not even a true thing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, which is the way that thing... And you gave them money. <laughs> I gave them a lot of money. Yeah. In fact, I have uh, 210 more dollars till I'm done paying off that surgery. How much was it initially? Three, it was over three grand. Okay. So, um, so anyways, so I've had surgery for endometriosis before and, um, a lot of the average person, it takes eight to 10 years to diagnose because you go to the doctor and you go, my periods are bad. And they go, yeah, that's normal. That's how that works. Toughen up buttercup. Right. Or you say, oh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nauseous all the time or my joints hurt or I'm tired, or I'm in all this pain, and they put you on antidepressants, or they refer you to a therapist, or, you know, it's because it's a disease that's related to to the female reproductive tract, but it's not. It's a systemic yeah. disease. So it causes inflammations in all your joints, and um, there's all these other side effects from it. And so most women, they aren't diagnosed for eight to 10 years. They'll be put on birth control to like regulate their periods or they'll, if they are suspected of endometriosis, they'll be put on like hormone blockers, which are really dangerous and bad. There's a lot of side effects with those. Um, they can affect your bone density and like permanently change your hormone systems. Um, and um, the only true way to diagnose endometriosis is through laparoscopy, where they put a scope in you. And so that's another reason why it's hard to diagnose is they can't visualize it. Um, lately, I've been reading things about how really skilled ultrasound technicians can do a thing called deep penetrating ultrasound, and they can visualize the disease. So you've had a laparoscopy then? Yes. So I had a laparoscopy when I had my surgery done. And that is when the doctor, she saw the endometriosis and she, quote, burnt it off, which is what a general gynecologic surgeon will do is they just burn it off. Um, and that's not great, right? No, it's called ablation. And um, it actually doesn't work because it leaves behind the tissue. It's still in, it's still implanted in there. So when they quote-unquote burn it off there's still cells of it left to spread which and, might is they may as well just left all of it right well or, yeah and because every time you have surgery and every time they do something in there you're increasing the inflammation in an already inflammatory disease process right and there's a thing that happens with endometriosis called adhesions where from the chronic um, building up of these tissues and shedding of these tissues and inflammation you develop scar tissue that starts to cause your organs to stick together and they're called adhesions and they're very very painful it's like having a pulling because things are glued together inside of you so every time that you're opened up for surgery it actually increases the chances of developing adhesions and can even spread the disease. So a lot of women uh, will go and they will have every couple years, they'll have another ablation surgery because doctors just go, yeah, we'll go in there. We'll get it. We got it. Yeah. We'll get it for you. And that was my case where I had my surgery and I felt good for about a year. Okay. And it was wild to just go from being so miserable and so sick to 
like almost freedom. But then within a year's time, I started to get sick again to the point where like I would have anxiety attacks when I would feel my period coming on and I wouldn't be able to move when I had my period. And um, I finally decided to go back to the doctor um, last summer. I believe it was July. And it's because I'd passed out twice. <laughs> Both times in a Target bathroom, I had passed out twice, um, and I was like, okay, I'm sick enough. I need to go back and handle it. But you can get discouraged, you know, of seeking treatment when there's no real help because it's like, why bother? Why spend time and money and energy for – it's not going to help. Or maybe if I just change this, I just – I'll quit eating wheat. I'll start taking these supplements like – you know, like maybe I can somehow fix this thing. And so uh, I passed out twice in public. I like to think that if maybe I passed out once in a Walmart bathroom, I would have gone then. But it took me two times in Target. at Target um, to go back to the doctor and uh, get an ultrasound. And um, when I went to my consult, they said, well, it looks like you have... Um, you have adenomyosis, which is where you get endometriosis in the muscle of your uterus. And it's uh, so instead of just growing a lining on the inside of your uterus and it's shedding every month, it's happening in the muscle. And again, it has no weight place to escape. Um, and then I have adhesions that are holding like my one ovary is glued to the back of my uterus with scar tissue. And um, it's probably, they said it's probably in my appendix, which is why I have constant pain. Um, when it gets in the appendix, it's like low-grade appendicitis. Like you have appendicitis basically all the time. You have like the fevers and the sweats and the pain that most people would go, oh my God, this isn't normal. I have to go to the ER. But instead, I just go, I guess I'll go to work now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. So with all of that, and then basically you can't find... Um, someone that's a, a specialist in that area. Well, so th- within I, your network. Yeah. So I went to my doctor's office who had done the surgery before and this doctor's office I'd had issues with. I've never seen the same doctor any of the times that I've been there. They badly botched my IUD insertion. I found some medical errors in my charting. And so then I go to meet with their surgeon for my consult uh, uh, after my ultrasound results, and I don't get to see the surgeon. I've never met this fucking guy. Instead, the nurse practitioner comes in, and she says... Well, you know, like basically we can put you on medication that sends you into menopause or we can do a hysterectomy and remove your ovary and appendix. And I'm thinking like what? Like it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. And I went and I met with um, a friend of mine who's a doctor and she was like, well, did they do any blood work? Yada, yada, yada. And which led me to going to get blood work done where we found out I have a low white blood cell count. So then I had to go through all these tests and scans with an oncologist to make sure that I don't have cancer because when you have a low white blood cell count, it's either cancer, autoimmune disease, whatever. And so I had all these tests done, which was also very expensive, like $700 expensive. 
And um, they came back and they said, well, you don't have cancer, which is great news. And we think that your low white cell count is from the chronic inflammation from your endometriosis. And meaning if I get this treated, I should have white blood cell count again. Um, but that's kind of where the, the, prob- the real problem started, which is that I don't want to have another surgery with another ineffective surgery with right. a non-specialist. That's a waste of time and money. Um, and when you have a, a surgery for endometriosis with a non-specialist, there's an 80% chance you'll need surgery again. Yeah. So like, what's the point? What's the fucking point? Um, and I am trying to get in to see a specialist for a procedure called excision, mm-hmm. which is the gold standard in treatment and, um, where ablation burns off the diseased tissue excision actually cuts out underneath of it and they'll do it it doesn't matter the implement they use it's the methodology of cutting out you are so fucking burpy I know. you had one fucking sip of zevia and this whole podcast is your goddamn burps i'm trying to do it off mic i know but it's still there your body i know speaking of people who need to go to a doctor It's just, you just, he takes a sip of air and it's just, (laughs) anyways. You're welcome for doing this. (laughs) Thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah. Picking Uh, you up in Mesa and everything else. Um, Yeah. You're so put upon. (laughs) Go ahead, baby. You Um, were saying before you were so rudely interrupted. I just, it was really distracting. I was trying to ignore it, but I know people can hear it in the background and we just needed to acknowledge the the elephant in the room. That that is your boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Christ. That goddamn dog left the room again. That's good. I don't trust him as far as I can fucking throw him. Yeah. I mean, I can throw him a far, a long way. Anyways. So I'm trying to get in with a doctor to have excision because with an excision specialist, there's less than a 20% chance that you'll need surgery again. It's a huge difference. And there aren't a lot of doctors who do excision because it's a very, it's a very skilled procedure. You're dealing with all of the organs of the pelvic cavity and having to be able to take pieces apart. And some people need to have like their bowels resectioned. Um, they have to do a bladder scope because sometimes it's in the bladder. Like it's a very, very technical procedure that your run of the mill gynecologist can't do. And I, the way I'm thinking is I'm not going to take time off of work and pay my $5,600 copay to have a surgery that doesn't do anything. I'm going to get, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to actually get well. So, um, there are about 200 specialists in the country and I reached out to one who advertised that they work with your insurance company to help get out of network coverage. And I was accepted. I spoke to the surgeon on the phone and he's a big deal in this world. Yeah. Ken Sinervo. Yes. Dr. Ken Sinervo in Atlanta and he trains other surgeons. Um, and so I was very excited to, I had to gather all my records, put together my patient history. It took me over 10 hours to put together this packet to send out to him. And he called me personally and said that he's pretty confident that he can fix me without having to remove my uterus or ovary. And it's, and it's important to me for this reason 
to maintain my anatomy is that number one, I want to maintain my own hormones and not go through menopause. And number two, there's the uh, long recovery time from a hysterectomy. There's also complications from that, which, you know, vaginal prolapse, uh, loss of sexual feeling, like things that I'm not ready to, to deal with. Like, let a, yeah, so couple so, years, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm like, if I were 45, maybe. But at 35, you know, to take away my uterus and ovary, it's putting a lot of pressure on the remaining ovary. And if it fails, I'm in menopause, mm-hmm. you know, um, because sometimes the remaining ovary can go into shock and die. And it's it's not great. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited to hear from this doctor and be told uh, – you know, I can fix you. We can keep your ovary. We can keep your uterus. He's like, there's a 10% chance your ovary might still hurt and you'll need to have it removed later. Um, but he's like, we'll definitely take the appendix because that's is probably the source of a lot of your pain, yada, yada, yada. And so I call my insurance company afterwards and go, hey, you guys cover you'll cover this procedure, right? Like there's no specialists in state lines. I have to go out of state. They go, yeah, sure. You just have to file a pre-auth, whatever. And then I call the doctor's office and they tell me, no, like number one, I learned that specialists themselves don't take insurance. And that's because insurance companies will pay them the same for a seven hour long excision surgery as they will a non-specialist for a 45-minute ablation. And so they're trying to make a living, right? I get it. Like, it's a raw deal for them. So automatically, the surgeon doesn't take insurance. And his fees, eight to $14,000. And so then they go, but most of our patients get coverage for the hospital anesthesiology and pathology Um, but your insurance doesn't pay for that out of state. Your insurance won't pay for any procedure out of state. And I go, okay, well, how much do those usually run? And she goes, well, hospital, usually 10 to 14 anesthesiologists around five pathology. We can't really speak to, but usually it ends up being a 30 to $40,000 procedure for patients. And I go, I don't, I don't have Thirty to forty thousand dollars. Like, who has thirty? Yeah. And so, I call my insurance back, and they're like, "You just have to file a pre-auth, and then you know you can get you can get out of network coverage." I go, "No, but I'm not a state." And they're like, "Oh no." And I'm lucky that I have a friend whose boyfriend is a patient advocate, uh, and he helps people get with rare diseases. He works in rare diseases and he helps people get coverage for really expensive drugs. And, um, he did three way calls with me to the insurance and to the doctor's office. And, and basically what, what we came back with was like, they're right. I don't have any coverage, even though there's no one who will perform this procedure, who does this procedure within state lines, they won't pay for me out-of-network coverage to, to get it done out of state. So And you can't um, switch insurance because uh, it's past the period. Well, number one, I have marketplace coverage. So, yeah, there's the enrollment for marketplace, but also no marketplace plans apparently 
no health insurance marketplace, a.k.a. Obamacare, cover out-of-state procedures. Right. And then I was like, well, what if I buy my own insurance? Right. And you can't do that unless it's open enrollment. Exactly. And also, I I learned yesterday, you also can't do that if you have a pre-existing condition. Because even though marketplace plans cannot be prejudiced against you because you have a pre-existing condition, free market plans can. So, so you're fucked by... So I'm yeah. fucked by so many entities because... I need this procedure to continue to be a working member of society because I, there, it's a ticking time bomb, right? I'm getting sicker and sicker every day, and I need this surgery before I'm disabled. Um, and I, I'm like, well, I could quit my job and get a job with benefits, but like, because I was like, oh, I could go work at Trader Joe's and get a plan that would cover the hospital anesthesiology and pathology, and just I'd be on the hook for the surgeon's fees. But I also would have to declare bankruptcy because I'd be taking a massive pay cut. And like, I've been working so hard to avoid bankruptcy. I've been living on less than 50% of my income for several years now. And like my money goes towards debt because I want to be debt free mm -hmm. and it would feel really shitty to go, well, I just, I threw, I threw thousands of dollars away, but yeah. cause now I'm, I'm declaring bankruptcy, how defeating, you know? And if this were after the surgery and I were healthy, I would just work two jobs. I would just take a job with benefits, work 30 hours a week and then work 20, 30 hours a week at the bar um, but I'm too, I can, I'm bare, like I work 30 hours a week right now and I'm, it's, I'm barely making it through, you know, um, I've, I have a limp most days because like my lower right quadrant pain is so bad. And like, so like, I'm just not in a position to be working two jobs. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's really heartbreaking to go, well, the one thing that I need in order to keep being able to, to work, I can't get. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's heartbreaking for like all of the women out there. Cause one in 10 women have endometriosis and, um, there's a big push coming, um, from within the medical community to start treating it the same as cancer because it spreads the same way cancer spreads. It attacks different organs in the body the same way cancer does. It behaves so identically to cancer, but because it is a hormone dependent tissue, it's not treated like cancer. And if I had gone to the doctor in July and they found this disease tissue that was on my bladder, bowel, appendix, uterus and ovary and it was cancerous tissue I would have had surgery I would have been you know have gone through chemo I would have done the things and instead because it's technically not cancer it, it's eight months later and it's just keeps spreading and the scar tissue keeps developing and I keep getting sicker and it's a really frustrating situation um, when you're a person who's sick and barely making it through their work day and on in your off time you have to navigate the American healthcare system and try to figure out how the fuck do I make this happen how the fuck do I get this surgery because right now I'm barely able to get through work to barely pay my bills and 
there's going to be a tipping point where I'm just straight up disabled. And I know that Medicare isn't going to fucking pay for this surgery. So it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult situation to be in and it makes you feel crazy and defeated because there's no winning. Um, I am currently exploring if I can marry one of my friends for their health insurance because they have a plan that will cover the hospital anesthesiology and pathology. And so it will still be a financially devastating situation to pay for travel, time off work, surgeon's fees, but we'd be looking at $10,000 instead of $40,000, which is a huge difference. Um, So we're researching that. Um, Looking into maybe going outside of the country. Well, probably not that. No. Okay. Um, I, I researched that and didn't find anything leading. And it's because a lot of the countries that people go to for cheaper medical services where they have good medical service, Mm -hmm. they just aren't there with endometriosis yet. Uh It is a new disease that they just started treating. Um, numbers are rising and they don't know if it's diagnostic or if it's environmental because we have so many things in the environment that increase the chances of getting it. Um, we watched this documentary that said, was it dioxin mm-hmm. and exposure to dioxin greatly increases, like astronomically increases your chances of developing it. So, um, but it's just something where there isn't a lot of treatment out there for it. And, um, I don't know. I have a work meeting next week, um, where if we can get, uh, an insurance agent reached out to my company and said, if at least five employees want healthcare, he can get us set up with Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, United Healthcare, and it would start April 1st. But I work at a company with a really small employee base. There's 10 employees. So if it just takes a few people to be like, nah, not into it. Yeah, well, it'll just be like, you know, I, I have VA insurance. I'm still on my parents' insurance. I'm happy with my Obamacare. I'm on my spouse's insurance. So I got to sh- – I'm, I'm going to try to push. I'm going to try to – because – that might be my best chance. The insurance agent said he can't sell me an individual. He's like, yeah, well, you know, if other people want to get individual policies, um, I can do that. Uh, and I was like, well, I'd definitely be interested in that if I can't. And then he goes, well, let me ask you, do you have any pre-existing conditions? And I told him what's going on. And he was like, well, I actually, I won't be able to set you up with an individual plan then because they are able, they can discriminate against pre-existing conditions. But if I come to them with a group, they don't. So, so you're just trying to navigate this bullshit. This bullshit. I I know. I'm like, do I need to like just hire a bunch of fake employees? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, to get a plan. I'm still, let's see if this works first. Yeah. And then see if, you know, and then yes, you would have to do that. Yeah, or see it, if it's reasonable for my friend and I to get married, for me to get on their health insurance, if it would fuck up their taxes, you know, that sort of thing. I'm not, I don't know the specifics. Um, it's on my research list, but that's why I haven't been able to do any research for a new episode of the pod this week is like, literally I've just been having to learn how the American insurance system works and being on phone calls and getting a lot of doors slammed in my face. Um, 
it would be it would be really great if I could make it through this without you know having to declare bankruptcy, yeah, <laughs> or become disabled. Um, yeah, because that's a possibility. What being disabled, like in a year, you said maybe. Yeah, there are already days of the month where I should not be driving. Yeah, where it is unsafe for me to be driving to work. Um, you know. Like, I have passed out in public spaces multiple times. Um, I'm I'm nauseous and disoriented, and I'm in so much pain. I've never had children, but the pain that I'm in sometimes, it it feels like what labor looks like. Like, I've right. seen I've seen video of people in labor, and that is what my pain level feels like. But and I mean, that's um that's a an effect at at a certain point. If it's, if it's not treated that that I would be well yeah because if that keeps escalating right now I'm going to work in labor pains right I'm going to work where I have a limp I'm nauseous I'm dizzy my joints are on fire at a certain point I'm going to lose mobility and I don't want that yeah you know and the longer it goes untreated the more the disease develops and the harder it's going to be to scrape it out, the more it's going to be, the more organs it's affecting. Mm -hmm. So it is a legitimate threat that I could become disabled. There are women with endometriosis who are disabled. There are people who it messes up their organ systems and they die because it affects their liver and their kidneys. Like it, it is as dangerous of a disease as cancer is. And the, it's not addressed as such only because it's a woman's disease. Because just because this tissue that's spreading is hormonally linked, they they don't address it as though it's cancer, but it is. It because the the alternative is putting me into early menopause and developing heart disease and osteoporosis and dementia and developing old age diseases when I'm in my forties. Mm -hmm. Like those those are my treatment options. Right, and at this point medical therapy alone wouldn't help me because I have the adhesions. Yeah. I have to have surgery regardless because the disease has caused these scar tissue adhesions. Did, did you get any uh, glimmer of hope from watching that documentary? No. What in that documentary? What if we watched a documentary called <laughs> that, Endo What? Yeah, and it's just pretty much like, yeah, it's not recognized and blah, 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 and it sucks because of this and this and this and that. And at the end, it just <laughs> plays this cheesy song. <laughs> you know, like it's, it, yeah, it didn't leave you with any, okay, well, now this is what you do. Because, because well, they say uh, treatment is super individualized. You need to find what works with you. It's a multidisciplinary approach. <clears throat> when After you have surgery, you need to go see a pelvic floor therapist because the disease has ravaged the muscular tissues and systems of your pelvis so even after you have a proper excision surgery you can still have pain and pelvic floor dysfunction so it, it it's i'm it's like basically if i am able to get this surgery i might still have some issues right because it's it is a lifelong disease um it, so yeah, I didn't have. I mean, I didn't. It, I think that documentary did a good job at explaining the disease 
to somebody who doesn't understand it, but it doesn't leave you with a, a lot of hope except for like, you know, one woman's like, I had excision four days ago and I feel better than I've felt in 20 years. Yeah. Which is like what a lot of women have said is that they'll wake up from surgery and even though they have like pain from the incisions, they're like, I felt good. Yeah. They're like, I felt better in that hospital bed than I had in decades. So, um, yeah, you almost need to watch a separate documentary for uh, about the healthcare system in America yeah. and how to actually get treated. Well, the the answer is that you don't get treated unless yeah. you're rich. Yeah. Unless you're rich and it's a, and I can't I don't talk to people about this because number 1, I don't look sick so people don't think that I'm sick and right. it sounds like a fake illness. Or number 2, they think that it just went away. Like, so when all this happened in August and I told my boss, like, hey, I'm going to have to have surgery. I don't know when it's going to be, but I need to let you know that I'm going to need some time off, whatever. Like, literally until two weeks ago, my boss thought that it had resolved itself because I didn't come into work every day crying. Yeah. And because people don't, you don't look disabled. You don't look sick. So they don't know what's happening inside of you. And then the other reason I don't like to talk about it is because um like people go you need to get you need to do something about that right and you're like you need oh, to do, do you something think i'm about not it. and i'm like i'm pulling my fucking hair out over here and then it becomes this longer discussion where they're like are you sure there's no one that does this is are you sure there isn't anybody and i'm like there isn't anybody there are doctors who claim that they do excision they are not excision specialists their patients are coming back to them every two years to have the procedure done again it's pointless telling talking to anybody about it because nobody can help because nobody can help and nobody understands and they go yeah are you there has to be somebody my friend had endometriosis and had surgery and i go and she's probably going to need it again in two years because I've had, I have, I have, I have exhausted all avenues of research. Like, and it just is one of those things where my whole life has become researching and reading about this. And I don't like, yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody about it because they're just going to go, you should do something about it. And you're yeah. like, I'm fucking trying. I'm fighting for my life here and I'm getting a lot of no's and hopefully eventually I'll get a yes. I mean, hopefully I can do a pup date next week and go, I got all these fucking bitches at work to sign up for healthcare. Yeah, that would and be great. That would be fucking great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um, th that's what's occupying my time and why I'm not, <laughs> I'm not researching uh, PCP. <laughs> yeah. Sex, drugs, spirituality, and um, depression <laughs> and pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It does affect everything, yeah. including sex. I mean, it gets hotter. No, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, Zach loves when I'm wincing in pain during sex. Yeah. He loves that. That's fun for both of us. No. Um. So, anyways, endometriosis sucks, and um. March is National Endometriosis Awareness Month, so be aware of it. And be aware of the fact that if you want to marry me and you have, um, like, a banger national health care program, like an Aetna Blue Cross Blue Shield United that Health. That was Sydney the burp. That was me that time. Um, yeah, you could have my hand in marriage um, to make all my dreams come true of not being disabled. Yep. Yep, so know that. 
Uh, I'm giving her away. <laughs> Zach doesn't have good health insurance before anyone asks. That's why I'm not Well, married. and I was like, oh, well, I'll just buy something else and then put you... I don't, know, I, I don't know anything about open enrollment or what. I thought you were free to, like, like, um, like car insurance, you know? You'd be like, sorry, State Farm, I... I'm going to Geico. Well, and that's what <laughs> you know? apparently with an insurance broker, you can do that. Okay. But they can't do that for you if you have a pre-existing condition. Right. So, you know, it's just a lot of glimmers of hope and uh, hope dash and, and a goddamn dog that shits on my rug. And that's way things are going that's where things are going right now um my hair looks really good though because i got it done today it does it does it's on fleek yeah um yeah so it's that's what's funny when people are like wow it looks like you guys have the life and etc etc i'm like i mean <laughs> are you judging this because we're smiling in pictures on so- yeah. social media <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I, I've had people tell me, like, yeah, you look happier than I've ever seen you. And I'm like, it's just because I'm, I'm posting pictures of me smiling. Like, my life is very if difficult. If you right are now. in a relationship, people just assume everything yeah. is great. Yeah, 100%. They do. Um, do we want to talk about the social media drama? I'm not going to name names, but. That's, a, that's your thing. Yeah, I had a friend post some mean stuff about me on social media yesterday. And, and then claim that it wasn't about you where it was so clearly. Like, where there was like, yeah. like They did everything but say, I was out with Sydney DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, like they specifically referenced the activity that we did. Mm-hmm. And um, and then. I told you, call her. Yeah, and I, I guarantee she backtracks. And Sydney called her. She didn't answer. And and then she added to her post, this period is period not period about period one period person period. And I'm like, okay, you posted something negative that is very specifically referencing the thing that we did 24 hours ago. And then when I call you to be like, hey, what's up like what did i do you decline my phone call and then add this is not about well, listen, one person it, it, if you're gonna talk about this so is this person somebody listens to the podcast no you might as well be specific because you're just going like oh this person did something on social media okay okay let me just backtrack i went thrifting with a friend of mine and her husband and um they posted the next day this thing about, you know, how thin people shouldn't complain about their bodies around fat people because fat people have to deal with not only in, like self-hatred but also the world hating them. Right. And it said, I'm sure – why don't I just fucking read it? Why don't I just fucking read it? Um, so they said – um hold on they said it uh hold on it's like broken up because i screenshot yeah, it. yeah so i have to go see something else. okay so they said um 
one more thing. Thrifting and shopping for thin people is probably so fun because you can pick from the whole store. You get to choose things based on pattern, color, and if you actually like it. Most of the time, I'm just choosing the lesser of two evils that is actually going to fit me. If you're thin and can shop at almost any store you walk into, your fat friends are tired of you hearing you say you hate your body. Um, if you aren't treated differently by the masses because of your size, if your doctor doesn't tell you to lose weight every visit, if you don't have a hard time finding clothes, if you can wear what you want, not what fits, if you aren't stared at while eating out, if you aren't judged by the amount or type of food in your shopping cart at the market, please keep your fat friends in mind when you talk about your body. Um, uh, uh, uh. Thrifting and all shopping for thin people is probably so fun because don't. Uh, is that the same thing? Did I say that already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what did they say? Clarifying this, of course, everyone has their own issues. I'm not saying you can't. Your body doesn't offend me. Your issues don't offend me. It's just hard to hear thin people talk about how fat they are when it's an internal struggle for them, but a literal external struggle for big fats. Most of the world hates my body, not just myself. This is about fat bodies, not any other type of body issues. This is a fat conversation. And so I was like, I just felt like it was specifically about me or triggered by me because it says thrifting. And, and it was literally the day, day after, after you we guys went thrifting. Thrift, yeah, clothes shopping at a and, thrift store. And then I started like racking my mind being like, what did I say? Because it's not like I'm hanging out with my friend who mm -hmm. is who is very plus size. It's not like I'm hanging out with them saying, oh my God, I hate my body. I'm so fat. Right. In fact, I said, I'm looking for some bigger clothes because I've been going through all of these things and I've been stress eating and I need to buy some bigger clothes because none of mine fit. Like, yeah. I never even said it like, I'm so fat. I'm so gross. I hate my thighs. I just said, right. I've been stress eating my way through this situation in my life and I'm, I need to find some bigger clothes. That that's yeah, it. That's yeah. it. And 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 maybe I did say I want to get it together so I can wear my other clothes again. Sure. Like I I I'm 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 not an idiot. I'm not gonna hang out with someone who's bigger than me and go. Oh my god, I'm so fat and gross. I also don't talk. Even though I might think that way about myself, I don't talk that way around other people. Well, because you do have a high pitch, like annoying voice, though, like that, right? I'm joking, baby. Yeah. No. So um, my point when I heard this was just it's so fucking high school to do passive aggressive posts on social media. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. Honestly. And then she should have like maybe brought it up to your face or if you just can't bring yourself to do that because you're non-confrontational talk shit about you to somebody else like to her husband on the fucking drive home just be like you believe this fucking bitch is bitching about uh buying clothes when it's probably much easier for her whatever yeah like oh she's complaining about needing to buy new clothes boohoo sydney you have mm -hmm. to go shopping i can't go shopping you know like it'd be yeah bitch to your fucking husband bitch to your friends if don't, you're don't, don't bitch on social media where you know that you can see it and if she wants you to be sensitive about her body issues but she isn't sensitive to the fact that you might actually think she's talking about her. And I told you, I was like, call her. I guarantee you she fucking punks out. And she did. 
She didn't fucking answer. And I was like, don't, you don't have to yeah. confront her. Just call her and be like, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I said something or did something. I didn't mean it that way. She couldn't even pick up the phone. And then she just like texted back and, or no, before she texted back. No, she, she didn't. So she didn't answer the phone. Right. And then she added to her post. Right. This is not about just one person. The, the, implying, oh, this is a bunch of people that are doing this which it, it honestly it would be one thing if she was just venting because it was something she was seeing a lot on social media or experiencing sure. and just being like hey guess what skin skinny chicks when you complain about because i have heard people say this before i don't know that i agree with it but they don't like when skinny girls complain about their bodies around people who are bigger than them because they're they're like how do you think it makes me feel that you at a size six are saying how fat you are when I'm sitting here at a size 13, mm -hmm. like, so I have I heard that, that, but she wasn't having a, like, like a, a common, like kind of general dialogue about that. She's saying very specifically thrifting. Like yeah, it's yeah. very, it's very specific to the activity we just did. And so then to add, this isn't just about one person after declining my call. And when I text to be like, Hey, I read your social media posts I want to let you know, like, I was way nicer than I yeah, yeah, felt yeah. like being, but I was like, I want to let you know that, like, if I said anything that hurt you, I am sincerely sorry. I try to be very conscientious about my, with my language around others. I never want to hurt a stranger's feelings, let alone someone I love and care about. Right. And, and then she was like, oh, no, 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 it wasn't you. Of course. If, if I feel comfortable enough that I could just talk to you about it, I know you're like eating disorder struggles and stuff. So I would never take anything from you personally, right. like total backpedal. Yeah. And then said, I'm sorry, I didn't answer. I just took my migraine meds i feel super loopy i'm double triple reading everything i write like just really dude if you had a migraine also why are you staring at your phone exactly that's all i would rather just close my eyes and answer the phone and be like girl it wasn't even like that but yeah she posts this isn't about one person you all suck i guess I, I just want to know what people's end game is with some of these posts. Did she just, she clearly wanted you to see it. Yeah, she clearly and wanted then, to But see she it. wanted you to see it and then go like, oh, lesson learned. I'm such an insensitive idiot. But you're like, no, wait a second. But like, but like is, the, is the goal to have me see it and learn my lesson without ever having a direct conversation yes. with me? It's that conflict avoidant, which at this point I'm like, Hey, guess what? I don't give a fuck that you're fat. I give a fuck that you're a fucking coward. Right. Because this is a cowardly thing to do. Like to blow up, to, up your spot to, on It's hurtful. It's fucking hurtful. And then tell what the person commented on. Well, I'll get, okay, yeah, I'll get okay. to that. So yeah, I was super I was super hurt. And apparently some because she posted on her like close friends Instagram story, which I am a member of, I was able to see someone wrote back. So wait, only fat people are allowed to hate themselves? You must be fucking brain dead. And she just was like, well, thanks. Now I finally have a diagnosis. And then asked, how old are you? And then said she blocked the person because she goes, I feel like I was talking to like an immature child or something. And I'm like... Yeah, is that your response and somebody makes a good point? <laughs> or, yeah, or just when any – if anyone doesn't agree with you, right. they must be a child because obviously an adult would know better. I'm older than her, and obviously I don't know better because I mentioned the size of my body around her. Yeah, you can't even say anything. Which – 
by the way, like when you're clothes shopping, you talk about the size of your body because everyone is shaped differently. So like if you have a big waist and a small butt, you're looking for clothes that fit your big waist and your small butt. Or if you have a small waist and a big butt, you know, or long legs. Clothes shopping is exactly where you would have all of It's not like you guys were... Um... I don't know, doing something else. Like, yeah. 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 But I just was like, I'm just. Also, she talked about, um, yeah, I hate, you know, when doctors tell me that I have to lose weight or <laughs> what she said well, about she doctors. Said if, yeah. If, like, if you don't have, if you don't have to deal with doctors telling you to lose weight every time you come in. And I was like, I get it. It probably sucks that when you go to the doctor for strep throat that they tell you you need to lose weight. But like. That's part of their job. And if you are going to the doctor for illnesses that are a complication due to your weight, they're going to mention your weight. They're not saying it for superficial reasons. They're not going, oh, I'm tired of seeing you lose some weight. They're going, this is for your health. You should probably lose, you know, if you can, lose some weight. Yeah. I mean, I had to go through it because I drank until I got prediabetes. And I had to go to a doctor and lose weight. And my doctor monitors my weight because, like, if I – like, last time I was at the doctor, the doctor mentioned that my weight was up because it pertains to my health. I have a metabolic issue. Or you bring up drinking. When I would go to the doctor and be like, how much do you drink and smoke? I would lie. Yeah. And and still, like, cut it in third and they were still like – well, you might want to cut. That's really bad for you. You shouldn't drink that much. And I'm not like, hey, fuck you, man. Yeah, because it, it's like it is their it is their job. And so I just, I, I, spoiler alert for anyone who listened to this episode, which isn't that interesting because it's just us being haters. <laughs> but like that's the main reason why Shu and I aren't friends anymore is that we had a fight over the podcast and she said some mean things to me and I probably said some mean things to her. And then during our cooling off period, she posted negative stuff about me on social media. And that's when I was like, well, I'm done because I can put up with, I can put up with someone saying some really hateful things to me, which she did. I can tolerate that, but what I can't tolerate is taking that public. Like, what yeah. was the, what did you think that you were going to accomplish by that? Let alone not having the fucking intelligence to block me from your Instagram stories if you're going to bitch about me on them. And it's you just fucking the, the, idiot. It's people that just want validation because, for the most part, people that are commenting are just going to go, oh, that's horrible. Who would do that to you? Why People are so shitty. You don't deserve that. It's just validation, validation, validation. And then you get one hero who comes in and goes... Are you fucking brain dead? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which those people sometimes I am wondering what their mental state is is because if I don't if I don't have something nice to say, usually, I don't say it. Uh, not on social media to a stranger or someone I barely know. It's just like, wh- if I, I disagree the- with what you put on Instagram or Twitter, I just don't like it. That's all. Yeah. I'm and I just, just go, oh, gonna- this person sounds dumb. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't only do posts like this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where it goes. So maybe that person did have their own issues, but I thought they made a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, it, I like I posted on Twitter today, you know, that some some of a real in real life friend said some negative things about me on social media. And I just was like, I wear reading glasses and corn pads like I'm not 
I'm I'm fairly certain I'm too old to be dealing with mean girl stuff. Yeah. Like I found white pubic hairs and I have black mustache hairs, which means I'm in an age group where like I can't deal with social media drama. I'm just not I'm 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 too young for that. Yeah, and I was telling you about somebody I know that like went through a breakup and then was it's like a year ago and is still posting like um passive aggressive posts about her her ex-boyfriend and singing songs that are like anti dudes you know it's clearly about everybody knows who it's about and everybody sees it you know where it's like yeah i don't care anymore it's like well it appears that you are pretty affected by this because that's all you ever post about i don't know just crumble uh silently privately or call your fucking friends yeah. they'll call the people who actually do care about yeah, you yeah or start a podcast i mean that was the whole reason why i started decency with delorean is i got sober and i was having all these feelings and dealing with all this shit yeah um you know i was sober i was in an abusive relationship i had a i had a lot of things on my mind and no one to talk to about them so i would construct these monologues about what i was feeling and put them into the void of the internet and I never like advertise that podcast or anything. And you're like, dogs name Ralphie. We hate him, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. So, like, remember when I had that falling out with a friend, uh, I don't know, a few months ago yeah. on my, my Vegas trip? And I was completely like, fuck this dude. And I almost brought it up on the podcast. And you're like, I wouldn't do that. And I go, why? What's he going to do? I go, he's too dumb to even know how to find my my podcast yeah. or even get a podcast app he's a fucking idiot and uh also i can kick his ass so <laughs> i was yeah. just like but then it's like yeah but you're sinking to his le- i go yeah, yeah i'm just gonna move on but so in this or she posted something on social media and you're like how immature but then you are talking about it on your podcast well you made me talk i was just gonna speak about um like well you were getting so you forced me into it you were getting specific enough to where she would have known well god damn it i was just trying to say that somebody said something obviously about me on social media and when i tried to talk to them about it they didn't respond and it hurt my feelings and then you made me tell the whole (laughs) fucking story bird because you're a fucking shitster you're goddamn i think the people wanted the people wanted to hear and they deserve to hear and that's why i asked you first i said look does she listen to this clearly you weren't afraid of that because you were already talking about something that she would have known about you yeah. know what i mean she would have known yeah so what's just, the difference i don't know because i feel fucking guilt i have like an intrinsic sense of guilt where like even though i'll like think oh my god there's no way i was in the wrong right. about this situation the fact that somebody else is so upset and they took to social media about something i did it still makes me feel bad and guilty even if i didn't do anything wrong it's how i ended up in an abusive relationship yeah. and i have codependency issues because even I will totally shrink myself and crumble myself in order to make everyone else around me at ease. Yeah. I don't have I don't have like the backbone that I wish I had. As and it's something Shu and I would talk about how we both had moms who were critical of our weight and appearance and I developed a lifelong eating disorder and she was like, "Man, fuck you, mom. I'm going to get fat as hell." <laughs> right. Like I and so like even if I th- 
think that I did nothing wrong. I accept the guilt of others being mad at me. Yeah. Even if their like anger is unwarranted. And it's like, so like, so like I, I'm working on it. Right. Like I intellectually know like, okay, Sydney, you didn't do anything wrong. It's fine. Sometimes people just get upset and it has more to do with what's going on inside of them than what's going on with you and blah, blah, blah. But I still like feel the negative feeling. Well, that's what's tricky about um, feelings, right? And um, you can hurt somebody else's feelings. That doesn't mean necessarily that you did something wrong or maybe somebody else said something to you. Maybe they were joking around and you took it a certain way. So maybe, you know, she's not wrong to feel a certain way about you saying something. But, uh, you know, you could take the post in a completely different way to where she's just saying, hey, this is me. These are my feelings. Just so you know, I'm going on record and saying, look, this stuff hurts. Yeah. But And that's fine. But it's. I think it's the passive aggressiveness of it. And had she said it to your face, it would be fine. But I can be sensitive. Or, you can be sensitive. I, I think yeah. we all, well, there's certain just, things. I'm that, just saying, like, I'm able to acknowledge the difference between feelings and what's rational. So, like, if I were her, I would have said, my feelings are hurt when other people say things about their own bodies around me, but that is irrational of me to be getting upset at them because it's my issue, right? right? Like that is the reality of that fucking situation yeah. is, and if she were emotionally intelligent, she would realize that, that she, her getting hurt by other people's comments about their own bodies has nothing to do with her and that it isn't a fucking assault on her when other people hate themselves. Right. Right? That is because an emotionally intelligent person can tell the difference and go and and that's one of the things they teach you in cognitive behavioral therapy is to acknowledge your feelings and the reality, right? Yeah. And so I'm saying in in my situation, I'm saying the reality is I didn't do anything wrong. However, unfortunately, I still have guilty feelings despite the fact that I intellectually know I didn't do anything wrong. And so that's why I feel, I emotionally feel bad and guilty for even talking about it. And I get worried that then people like, people are going to think that I'm like fat phobic or something, no. even though like, that, like it couldn't be further from the truth. But like, even the fact that I'm disagreeing with her sentiment more specifically, I'm disagreeing how she went about it. Right. I, I'm like, is this going to make me look bad? Am I bad now? Am I a bad person? And it's like, don't raise your kids religious. <laughs> it's, this is the mind of somebody who was who was raised going to church six days a week is that I am constantly worried about sin. Like, did I do wrong? You know did, what? did I do a bad? You know what though? I am too. And I my parents were just heathens. Heathens, yeah. I mean, um agnostic at least, if yeah. not full on atheist. Um, so, and I have a lot of that too. I think that's just societal, you know, you, yeah. uh, And it's good. I guess maybe it's just, it's having a conscious, right? right? Like we should be worried about the effects of our actions and we should be concerned that we don't do bad things and make other and hurt other people's feelings. Yeah. Without, without those concerns, you're fucking psychopath. Um, so, um, yeah, it's something that could have 
brought you actually closer together if she was like, you know, I struggle with my weight. So when I hear you talk like this or whatever, it totally could have been a, a, a drawn you guys closer together. And, you know, it could and have it been could a have different been, thing. I'm always open. I think I'm more open than most people to like a teaching moment. Like, and so when people get mad at me, instead of trying to teach me, I'm like, and and like, I'm bothered by it. And I get it that maybe most people aren't as open-minded and they, they aren't as willing to come to a table for a discussion as I am. But I'm like, if you know me at all, you know that like, we can talk about stuff and I might not even agree with you at the end of the discussion. And I may never agree with you or I may think about it for a week and come around to your side. Yeah. We'll have an understanding for fuck's sake. Yeah. For the most part, I understand why someone feels the way they do. I get why she felt the way that she did. Um, but I think, yeah, she handled it in the wrong way. In a way that was passive aggressively lashing out at me. It was a lash. It was a lash out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I told you, you know, I'm like, well, let me give you some fat guy perspective because I was, uh, overweight. I was, you know, yeah, close to 300 for a while. I was... What I we could definitely consider fat from when I was probably around 24 to 34, uh, 33, you know, around 10 uh-huh. years. So I didn't just vacation there. I was a fat dude. And, um, yeah, I mean, it sucked not like to have to go to big and tall stores, you know, and yeah. do it, but never was I like, and also fuck thin people. <laughs> like, yeah. Like- so through all of your obesity, one of your best friends is an MMA fighter. Yeah. Like you were you you were never mad at him for being this athlete when you weren't. Right. I was mad at him for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> <but> <laughs> he's an asshole. No. Uh no. Um Yeah, yeah. It was I was angry with myself, I think, and then eventually because it is hard to lose weight and i gained it in a really quick amount of time Mm -hmm. so it was almost like i felt like as if like man i just basically woke up like this almost the way i felt i was like well and i got gym memberships and i tried i tried a little bit and i never really fully dove into really eating healthy and consistently that's the key with weight loss and i think um i've i've had heavier friends and stuff too that they will make fun of themselves and make light of it to be like oh i have a sense of humor about it but i think if anything it makes people uncomfortable because it doesn't it's not them having fun with it it looks like them it's defensive it it, yeah it's self-deprecating and not in in a good way it's you, you clearly they're not happy with yeah with being overweight i'm not saying nobody is i'm saying i'm speaking about a couple people that i know in particular that i've heard them talk more candidly and be like yeah it sucks i I wish i knew how and um and definitely people talk to me about it because i lost i I lost like 100 pounds in in a short amount of time so people are like what the fuck and so i told people look at first i lost just by um dieting 
I wasn't exercising because I'm lazy. And they're like, okay, I'm listening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's not a knock on fat. People, fucking nobody likes to work so hard for small gains too at first. You, you work your ass off. And then sometimes that scale doesn't move at all. Sometimes it goes up a pound. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck, man? But it's just, it be like that sometimes. Yeah, well, and I just like being resentful for someone like, like this person is 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 really well off and comes from a wealthy family and had like a beneficial head start at life that i didn't have and so like it would be like me going on instagram and being like you know it's really rude when people talk about all the stuff they're buying or doing or when you go out to someone and they don't have to look at price tags or you know that sort of thing and it's like listen like yeah, I'm not resentful of you because of your fine like I listen, I'm jealous as fuck. You have money and good health insurance. I'm fucking jealous as fuck. Yeah. So, I but but I, my life took me in a path where those aren't the things that I have. And guess what? When when you're sleeping in or you're going out to dinner and spending the money that you have that I don't, I'm working out and yeah. like like I work out every day. It's really important to me for my mental and physical health. And, and it's expensive. And it's expensive. And because of my physical condition that I'm in right now, I throw up in my mouth a lot during my Pilates classes. <laughs> and I sometimes ball my eyes out the whole drive home because the pain is so bad and I feel so defeated because I'm like fighting to do this thing that I love. Like I fucking love doing Pilates. I love it. It feels like Disneyland. Like it feels so good to me. And I am fighting against my disease to be able to do this. And because, because I work out, guess what? I do have a better body than people don't work out. And I fight really fucking hard to still be able to work out. (laughs) And I manage my mental and physical health with diet. Like I am a health, I'm a, I'm a health nut. I like eating healthy foods and making well, you healthy have meals. To, kind of. Yeah. You and know. I have to, God, can you imagine how fucking sick I would be if I didn't have such a no, strict diet? You would be, Cause the, I the would times be. that you stray a little bit, it fucks your life up. But I was just going to go back to like, it, it, I used to have a thinner skin and I'm telling you, your life will improve if you have a thicker skin overall, because when I started to lose weight just on my own, that was fine. But then I plateaued and I started working out with my older sister, who's a a health nut. And she started pushing me and telling me things I didn't want to hear when I was, when I was really heavy and she's running next to me saying shit like, Fat people don't run and run. Fat people. Runners aren't fat and fat people don't run. Yes. There you go. And I'm like, I'm like huffing and puffing. She's like, you're not trying. And I'm just like, fuck you, you know, but I, I wanted to quit, you know, just going over there, dealing with her shit, honestly. And, but I said, no, she's coming from a good place and I'm seeing results. And it's worth it. It's worth dealing with her shit, that mouthy bitch. And now I'm so thankful for her and how much she helped me. And I think um, that goes – you can use that in a lot of different ways. Whatever it is that you're sensitive about, 
maybe don't be sensitive about. When I was in, in high school, I had horrible acne and people would try to tell me, oh, you should use this treatment. And I would close off. I would shut down. I was like, no, shut up. I've tried everything. You can't help me. And so as a result, I just had like the worst acne that lasted into my early 20s, whereas most mm-hmm. people, it, it's gone quicker than that. It's like a high school thing. But um, I wasn't open to listening to people you know because it was it made me uncomfortable and uh yeah i just didn't want to hear about it and you don't get any better if you don't like it doesn't push you any better if you have a problem talk to someone who might be able to help you um i was gonna say in terms of getting a thicker skin you know what actually will help you toughen up is exercise because they've proven that exercise increases your body's ability to handle cortisol so because if Exercise is physical stress, right? It does release cortisol and it your body copes with cortisol better. So people who regularly exercise actually handle environmental stress better. You so, roll with the punches better. Yeah, yeah, so people who work out regularly deal with stress at work better. They deal with life stress better because it has to do with cortisol regulation. And so like... Yeah, I don't know. That yeah. I, I we're big David Goggins fans here. Yeah. Well, it was in <laughs> it was insane when I started working out and I noticed how like my depression like just kind of went away. It it cleared away a lot of the cobwebs and my life just became gradually better like really quick. So, when I've had people that have depression or something, it's I don't know what else to tell you other than yeah, get outside, get out of your head, work out, and and eat healthy. Because which I, is the hardest fucking thing. It's to the do hardest thing. When you're now, depressed. if you're suicidal, I don't know that it's gonna whatever. But whatever you're doing is not working. Now it's I, it's, and I don't have to tell these things to people that are already working out because they'd be like dipshit. I'm already running and stuff. But for whatever reason, I don't seem to have a lot of those conversations with those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. There well, are I, people that are living an active, healthy lifestyle aren't coming to me going like, yeah, I'm just like, I hate my life and I hate that. It just, it's, I, I mean, they have problems too. Yeah, they have problems too. But, and like, but, but I mean, it's a huge reason why I work out. It's why yeah. I don't take antidepressants is because number one, they're clinically not very effective. But number two, the only thing that has ever worked for me is diet and exercise. Yeah. When my diet gets bad and I'm not working out, I spiral, which makes me want to eat more and be more lazy, right? Like I spiral. But when I eat, when I eat better and I work out regularly, I'm a functional human being. If I don't exercise every day, I am, I would probably commit suicide. Like that's just like a straight up statement about my depression. Pick one. Yeah. If you're not, if you're like, I don't want to exercise, watch what you eat. And if you're like, I want to continue to eat what I want. Get on the treadmill. <laughs> pick yeah. pick one. Well, that's you know what? That's true. That's what my brother does. My brother has really, really bad depression. Mm-hmm. And he is at the point where he's like, I don't like pizza and Coca-Cola make me happy. Yeah. And like nothing makes me feel good. So he does not he has not given those up. But he works out like a motherfucker. Oh, there you go. You know. And but then- if you do one, it might you might start to feel good enough to do the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends on what you you know what you're looking for in life, but uh, it helped me. And listen, 
if you heard us just bitching and moaning this whole time, but I feel like that is because of some situational things, some life obstacles that are, 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 are tough, but I feel like we're better equipped to deal with it now as a result of maybe sobriety and, and a lot of other healthy choices. You'd be a lot worse off. I think. Oh God. Yeah. Well, honestly, when I, it's something I thought about when I was like, your fucking digestive system is, I'm yelling about it though. I'm just worried. No, you know, I, I, drank the Zevia so I'd have a little bit of energy because I was fucking falling asleep and you know that it makes me it makes you probably <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't and you gotta fucking scream about it I scream about everything it's what I do um but oh when I when I think about like oh okay if I if I had to work two jobs if I physically was able to work two jobs to get insurance I definitely wouldn't be able to work out and then I mm. think like how sad I would be. Yeah, yeah. Because my depression is just so bad if it's I don't work out. It's the sort of thing you can ease into also. I remember for me it was starting with a mile and you can choose to walk that mile, go as fast as you can, but whatever you do, just try to get better over time. And yeah. then after a while you'll be like, okay, I think that's as fast as I can run or walk a mile. I want to – let's do two miles, you know, just – Wherever you're at now is fine, but try to improve. And I mean, now it's, it's, um, I'm at a really good place with it now. I'm not a David Goggins status, but I, I've run 10 miles before and, and even more than that. And to me, that's like, I can't believe that that's a thing that I choose yeah. to choose to do that you choose to for do. fun. Like, um, you know, yeah, I used to just get gym memberships and then next thing you know, I'm not going or, you know, I would, it was torture. And now I'm like, oh, I have to do this. So it's, yeah, I get, I never thought I would be there. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been consistently doing this for like four, four years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. A little give or take. And that's the key is consistency. You know, I still have my cheat days and, uh, sometimes, uh, I can cheat consecutively sometimes yeah. i'm consistently having cheat days on vacation for four days straight of eating like crap but at least it doesn't you know set me back like i i can rebound quick yeah. you know but that's that's about that anything else no nah, it's good everyone have a happy hump day Thanks for listening <laughs> to us. I don't yeah and if you want to marry my girlfriend uh slide into her dms yeah slide into my dms <laughs> you can have my hand in marriage who wouldn't want this i have really pretty hair she does all right bye guys bye